is back. Crawling out of your televisions. Not really. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Put her back. <laughs> rude. <laughs> um, no, I am back from my vacation in San Diego. Apparently, JJ is the only one who cares about where I go in my life, even <laughs> though I've known Jonathan for far longer. <laughs> I mean, but to be fair, that still tracks out. <laughs> um, so I'm back um, and enjoyed my time off. I mostly enjoyed listening to the boys. Uh, talk about things I zoned out during <laughs> video games because I don't play them. I don't care about them. I now sympathize with Jonathan because that's what he does during our Drag Race 20. Eyes gloss over. Doesn't care. I, I was very productive for work in those 20 minutes, I will say. I, I had a fantastically productive 20 minutes last week. <laughs> um, San Diego was lovely. Um, dear white people, I understand how sunburns feel now, and I apologize on behalf <laughs> oh, of that's never right. being sympathetic. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess when you're locked indoors for about basically a year, uh, your, your skin brown people skin... Brown people skin was like, what is the sun? What is the sun thing? <laughs> what is happening? I don't understand. So yeah, <laughs> massive sunburn on my back and the back of my knees and my legs. Um, we're at the point to where it doesn't hurt so much anymore, but it itches like a mofo. Like, so bad. And like... White people, I'm I'm sorry, you have to deal with this frequently because this sucks. You're like boo on this. Um. Anyways, um, we're nobody asked your opinion. Yes, we are. <laughs> and um, we're two idiots who talk about a bunch of stuff for a length that time. Um, this idiot's Joanna. And this one's JJ. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Um. So, uh, let's get into this news gig. Um, I'm trying to decide where I want to start. Um, well, how about we start with some Tigus, Tigus Bertis? Tigus Bertis, <laughs> I love her. We stand her. Um, uh, but Tigus Burgess, uh, last week we talked, Jonathan and I talked about Ellie Kemper, and um, she had released a, a statement about her um, uh, involvement with the uh, veiled prophet ball and, and how she was like she you know owned up to the to you know the ignorance that she you know participated in something that uh, was you know highly problematic and had problematic history and said moving forward that she's gonna uh, do, do better. better and attempt to do things um, with more you know more integrity more and be more thoughtful and Titus Burgess is basically kind of repost. He reposted her uh, her statement. statement and then was like, "I stand I, with I, I stand with you. I stand. You're 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 cool. You're cool people." Well, and I think even like I think I don't know if it was a comment or also in that caption, but I think he also said something to the effect of, "If you want to know how I feel about something, just ask next time instead of saying." How I think I he feel. said. I think he said something about like he's like, "Hey, uh, if you wanted to like." Just chit-chat with me real quick. You could have just asked me. Yeah, you could have just asked my opinions and thoughts about this as opposed to just assuming. Um, but Titus is like, yeah, I know. She was young and dumb and didn't realize that she was probably doing something that was problematic and has realized since and is a good person and a good ally. So everybody can just shut the fuck up. Yeah, because, I mean, people were calling her K.K. Kemper and like... Yeah, uh, I mean, as clever as all the all the Twitter handles and hashtags have been, it's like it's a little, it, it was a little much. Like, it, no, she was not queen of the KKK, nor was she ever like 
you know. Uh, she was never in support of the KKK. She just happened to be in a pageant that was sponsored by the KKK, and later like was very like, tenuously sponsored by the KKK. Um, it, and she did it because she, it was probably the thing to do. She came from an affluent white family. Yep, and they said, "Hey, they, go 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 be in this pageant." She said, "Sure." And it was probably because it was just the thing, like rich white families, that's what they did. They yeah. presented their, in a very creepy, sexist way, mm-hmm. we presented their young, budding <laughs> female children. It's like, oh, hey, let's marry, uh, present these, I present my daughter for you to marry. Yeah, I mean, it's also like the plot of Bridgerton. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, fair. I mean, that's where, I mean, that's, that's where it all where comes started. from. That's where it comes from. Uh, it's just like marrying off your daughters for pro- basically as property to get yep. like get more property, get more get more status, get more status. So, like it's, do I believe that Ellie Kemper wasn't aware of like the lengthy historically racist history of that ball? Probably not. Uh, to say to to think that a a nineteen year old in nineteen ninety nine had that kind of wokeness. It's probably not, probably not uh, gonna gonna be happening. No, especially like a rich, affluent white little girl. Like, it's no, just, she sorry, had no, it's just, there's there's no way. She, the, she had her own little bubble that she was living in. She her eyes were wide shut. There was <laughs> and not intentionally. It was just how you were raised. Yeah, it was just and and I'm glad that she said I recognize that. And even though that's not an excuse, I do apologize for it. And that's that. And like I said yep. last week, that's how you do a proper apology. Yep. Acknowledge it. Say that even though you weren't aware, you're aware now, and it's it sucks and it's bad. I'm moving forward, being a better, doing better. That's how you fucking do it. And um, hey, um, snaps to Titus Burgess for agreeing with our pod. Yeah, like she did. I think she did good. It's good that she took the week. To like figure out what to say, or her publicists figured out what to say, because if yeah. she had if she had immediately like in defensive mode like posted something, it would have been bad. Oh, it would have been bad. It would have been. It definitely would have been L E K K K Kemper. It would yeah. It would have definitely um, spiraled to something a lot more yeah. a lot more insidious. But I'm glad that she took the time. I'm glad that it was whether it, I mean you can argue if it's authentic or not i'm gonna believe the girl i mean until proven otherwise she's made the proper statement she has people supporting her statement and sure um unless she like i said unless she proves me wrong i'm cool with what she's doing she's like fucking rocks the red carpet in a fucking white hood i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna be i'm gonna assume that she's taking the time to make sure that she's not being a problematic figure in the in the community so fair um hey you guys also talked a little bit about the kennedy center honors um, I gotta point out that um, our best friend Kelly Clarkson. Because you know that we wouldn't be a podcast if we hadn't mentioned Kelly Clarkson at least once. At least once. Even if Joanna wasn't even here, and we managed to get a Kelly Clarkson reference. I was proud. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at you guys talk about our girl Kelly. She's doing so good. So Kelly um, was asked to sing a song for uh, to honor Garth Brooks. And that song's called The Dance, because apparently y'all don't know any names of any Garth Brooks songs. Even the famous ones. Friends in Low Places. Friends in Low Places. The most famous Garth Brooks song. I know the song. Couldn't tell you that it was Garth Brooks. I'm telling you now. Yeah. (laughs) You're uh, welcome. That is is new information to me. I could have sworn it was like a Toby Keith. No. Toby Keith sounds way different. 
Yeah, I wouldn't know. I, I, <laughs> they're fair. all, they all sound the same to me. I went to high school in Elk Grove. So did I. And I, like, was a member of the FFA for a minute. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I took animal science, so I didn't have to take chemistry. And when I mean, you go to school that. in Elk Grove, <laughs> you can do that. Yes. You can learn about you can learn pigs about, and stuff. Yeah, if you learn about animal parts. Um, Instead of having to, like, learn how to balance fucking equations. Yep, no, didn't want to do that. <laughs> did not want to do that. Um, so I didn't. Um, <laughs> so I did not. I okay, chose not to. And we were required to take three years of science in high school because that's what they make you do. So that was what I did. Um, so I hung out with all of the country boys and we listened to a lot of country. Um, and But Kelly Clarkson, so she sang the dance um, at the Kennedy Center Honors and it was so gorgeous. It was so good. And Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood are sitting there in their little at their little bubble um, table in the front. Um, Garth is crying. Trisha Yearwood's crying. The audience is crying. It's like oh, it was so good. She like and then when as soon as the song ends, Garth Brooks jumps out of his seat, like pulls off his cowboy hat, and he just goes, "Damn." <laughs> And then, like, then the like the clip ends, and I'm like, no, I want to see more of this reaction. More of this, more of this, <laughs> more of this. But it's so good. And then it's also like it's like Kelly was had Garth Brooks on her show, and had said that she, the song "The Dance" was uh, ended up being inspiration for a new song that she wrote for her upcoming new album. Ooh, because it was something that she is now able to relate to on a personal level because the song The Dance, since you probably don't know, is about a uh, is about a person going through the end of a relationship after being with somebody for so long. And to realize that, you know, because sometimes we go through, it's like, man, I wish I never went through this because it hurts so bad. But to come to that realization that even though there was, there's so much pain and heartache right now, if you had skipped all uh, everything to avoid this heartache, you would have missed the dance of the relationship. Oh, okay. And that's something Kelly Clarkson going through a divorce right now um, has come to that realization because it's, you know, she has kids, she's going through a divorce and all of the things. And so her going through all of that, she was like, I was finally able to like, even though you always know what that song means, like to hear it and have it resonate with you so much, she's like, it just blew me out and then for her to have that re- like resonation with it and then to sing it and then she starts it out like acapella oh i mean it, oh. kelly can do no wrong in my eyes it's so good it's so good and it's so pretty like if uh, kelly clarkson if there's a picture of kelly clarkson being crowned uh, <laughs> queen of the, the veil veil profit ball i'd be like so <laughs> and, and she probably won because of her talent yeah because she's fucking talented and deserves all the accolades even the racist ones <laughs> <laughs> so fucking get off my back get off her back and appreciate the prob- queen <laughs> hey you know what she probably would have won because she's pretty as fuck yeah she's fucking gorgeous she's so pretty and she's fucking talented. I fucking hate her, but I love her, but I also hate her. And she's so funny. I remember, like, even, like, during the idol times, like, I think she was, like, in an interview and somebody asked her why she wasn't wearing, like, all these, like, super, like, crop top, like, bralettes and stuff to perform like some of the other contestants were. And she goes, well, that's because Kelly has a bit of a belly. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. bitch wear. <laughs> you look fantastic. <laughs> First... 
bitch wear. Second, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Two, you're hysterical and I love you. Please be my friend. But yeah, I love it when like celebrities like fawn over other celebrities, like when they fangirl. And mm-hmm. I, I love it when they like just show like their appreciation to, to kind of continue the Kennedy Center honors. Um, Ju- the legendary icon Julie Andrews via Skype or satellite or whatever uh, introduced Dick Van Dyke's award, and she just her just her presence just legitimizes Everything. anything that's happening, um, and she is looking great. Oh, she looks phenomenal. She looks phenomenal, and she like it. It feels like that it's. She's still like Mary Poppins. Like, oh yeah, it's, well, she, she looks phenomenal, and so does Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, they. I mean, he's pushing what ninety five, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he, he's not. He is not a young man. He's anymore. not a spring chicken, but he is. He is all smiles and just like in the what is it in the Mary Poppins movie he did his own choreography yeah like uh, and I'm not talking about the original I'm talking about the remake where he was that was like made a couple only a couple years ago um but to quote Julie Andrews on um on a Dick Van Dyke uh she says that uh I think Dick is a ma- is as magical as Mary Poppins is like his character Bert in that movie Dick seems to have a found the secret to happiness and like Bert Dick is many things an artist one hand a one-man band profound philosopher high-stepping showman and a spreader of charm and that's a secret good luck rubs off when he shakes hands with you and I'm like fucking Julie Andrews right well I mean because they've been friends for since Mary Poppins and decades yeah and I mean I just I love them both. They're I'm gonna both be class so, acts. I'm going to be so sad when Dick Van Dyke dies because he is he he's 95 right now. He'll be 96 in December. Yeah. And she even she concludes the uh, her her introduction with every day is super califragilistic expialidocious with you, Dick. Oh. And he's like, ah, ah, I can't handle life. Ah. But it's another like example of just. The just seeing other artists, actors appreciate other artists and actors and raise them up and uh, acknowledge their 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 greatness. Like yeah, it's Dick Van Dyke. Totally, I mean, they all all the recipients totally deserve their their award. Um, and like, I feel like. Dick, I feel like Dick Van Dyke should have had this coming a long time ago. Yeah, you know, I'm like, how did he not already have an award? Like, it's like, why is it at this point he's only just getting it the first, the one time? I'm like, good, come on, people. Right, like this should have been here. Also, Julie Andrews, eighty five years old. Oh yeah, she's still a snack. I can only hope to look as good as Julie Andrews at eighty five. Just saying. Um, hey, should we talk about white people being problematic? I guess so, because it always seems to happen. Uh, so, yeah. There's a, there's been we're, we're gonna kind of condense all these different stories because they're all basically the same. White people are stupid. Sometimes. White people get pissed off for the most idiotic reasons, especially when it comes to uh, intellectual property. That uh, really 
shouldn't matter what the race and or gender of the character is, but white people really need to have Velma be white. Yeah, and because Mer- Mindy, Kaling, Mindy Kaling apparently cannot be Velma, even though I think she would be an adorable Velma. Yeah. I mean, granted, we had a pretty great Velma with the uh, Linda Cardellini. That's who it is. Yeah. Thank we, you, Will. She was, um, she was wonderful. She looks great. She looked like the cartoon. But Mindy Kaling... Also can do it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And it's, uh, from my understanding, it's, she's just lending her voice. Yeah, she's not even, she's, it's. It's not even going to look like her. It's just her goddamn voice. I mean, well, I'm assuming that they're going to make. I I think she's, I think they're saying that it's, she's actually going to be of East Indian descent. I mean, because otherwise, what's the point of hiring Mindy Kaling for representation if she's not going to, if the character she's voicing isn't going to look anything like her? But like. Well, Mindy Kaling does have a very, uh, very distinctive voice. Yeah. Uh, It does. If you listen to just her speak, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily grasp. Oh, she's of East, in, uh, of East Indian descent. Which is why her character should look like her. <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, and the fact that it uh, that it's voiced by an East Indian and will probably look East Indian should not matter. Um, same thing with fucking um, Halle Bailey playing uh, the Little Mermaid. Uh, Ariel in the Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, um, white people are really have been upset about that for a while. I'm like, <laughs> how dare she not well, be white? Yeah, and now that like production photos have been surfacing yeah. as her as Ariel, I think there was like a there was a scene of uh, there were on her and whoever is playing Prince Eric on on the beach. Yeah, um, and she's in her braided hair glory, and they're like, what the fuck? This is Ariel should should be this way. I'm like, why the fuck cannot? Well, also, um, isn't, like, the whole point, like, that this play takes place, like, near the Caribbean? Because Sebastian was, like, a Caribbean crab. Uh, I wasn't sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about the, uh... Because I think I've heard, like, because I think the original story, like, the Hans Christian Andersen story, I think it takes place in, like... It's like it's somewhere like a Danish story or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, I want to say like in the somewhere like near the Black Sea or something like that, like somewhere up in up in Europe, like northern yeah. Europe. Yeah, but um, oh, it could take place in the Caribbean. There's nothing wrong with it taking place somewhere slightly different. The story's still going to be the same. Yeah, it's gonna. It's be the still going to be a young girl falling in love with a man who's far too old for her, doesn't listen to her parents, and goes off like you know half cocked, and it'll be great as long as there's music. I don't care. And there will be music because Lynn Manuel's writing, uh, like writing a new song for it. And uh, Rob Marshall is directing, and he's done plenty of musical movies. <laughs> you mean it won't be like Aladdin, where we had Guy Ritchie directed? Yeah, like somewhere? action movie, action movie director Guy Ritchie, <laughs> inserting slow mo sequences for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, that's what Guy Ritchie knows how to do. I mean, to be fair, Aladdin wasn't that bad, but still, it was still just one of those, what? You're like, eh? I remember talking to, I think, family about it, and it was just like, Guy Ritchie's directing this, and they all, it was like, the immediate, like, head to the side, like, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> Guy Ritchie? Uh, <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll probably have all of the same problems I usually have with the live action Disney movie, which is why are you remaking this movie from the nineties when you have all of these classic Disney ones we could be remaking instead? Do a live action Snow White. That'll be fun. And maybe fix, <laughs> fix the problem. The and fix the problem we talked about a few weeks ago with, you know, 
you know, consent and all that fun stuff. Um, on the, on the, I guess on the subject of problematic white people, um, Gene Yoon came out and, uh, released a series of tweets talking about how, especially during the final season of Kim's Convenience, it was hell to be working there because they would constantly, as, you know, Asian American people working on this show would come forward and say, this isn't accurate. This isn't what anybody would say. This isn't correct. <laughs> and this isn't like nobody even in the name of comedy would find this funny as, you know, an Asian American. And, but white people were like, you don't understand comedy and would roll with it anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that was a cool experience. Like I remember the one that was pointed out in the article that I read was that there was a scene where her character was in like a nude leotard. Correct. Going to like nude yoga. Shorts. Yeah, going to yoga. And the idea, she's like, the idea that she's like, yes, there, there's like a cultural gap that is fun to like experience and talk about, but she's like, she's not stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, the she's, joke is that like, oh, she looks naked from the waist down. Yeah. And that was the joke. And she's like, nobody in their fucking right mind would be like, oh, you're fucking naked walking around in public. Yeah. Or would they, would like her character or anybody would put those on without realizing that it's a flesh toned thing, especially people of, you know, who are of Asian descent who value modesty. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's just like, she literally said, I think she literally says, unless she is suddenly cognitively impaired or stupid. Yeah. This is not a thing. <laughs> um, and they, they end up like requesting to get that, that scene cut. She also, uh, as far as like it, portraying inaccurate, um, like uh, just portraying a the Asian culture inaccurately, there is like uh, a scene um, where one of the characters is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she's like, she, she, she makes a point to say that like literally 0.1 in a hundred thousand or even one in a million Koreans get MS. Yeah. Like it's very rare. Yeah, and they're still just like, you don't understand. You don't understand this culture. Well, no, and the white people are like, you're dumb, you don't get you don't get comedy. Yeah, and, and that's exactly, yeah, that's what the producers do. It's literally just... like, you're dumb, you don't understand comedy. And so, um, hey, white people, please be better. Please don't, like, freak out because somebody of color is playing a part that you think a white person should be playing. Um because, I mean, we already proved with Hamilton it doesn't matter. really doesn't matter. White people love Hamilton. Yeah. White people can't get enough of Hamilton. White people are still remixing Hamilton to this day to other things. You just show, show me Space Jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> is, there, there, is a, um, there is a YouTube video, of, and it's just audio, called, I think it was Jamilton. Something like that, yeah. And it is um, the story of Space Jam remixed to the Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. The only reason I found this is because Lynn talked about it on the Jimmy Fallon show. Yeah. Like, um, it was like, I shit. found this. This is great. This is fun. This is silly. And you know a white person made that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Especially because musically it only, it barely worked. Yeah. I'm listening to it. And I'm like, 
yo, that melody is in a minor key. Why are you trying to mash this up with the very, the very major key of the... Um... I, I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, like, they try to mash that up with the... Um, uh, the King George song, right? The King George song. And the King George song is very ma- in a very major key. I believe I can fly is in a very minor key, and it does not work. <laughs> They try. They really try. I mean, it lines up rhythmically. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. So it's, yeah, hey, white people, do better. <laughs> just stop it. Do just, better. Just calm down. You should have stopped with the Muppets. The Muppet. The Muppet <laughs> mashup was great. Yeah, that, that needed to end. That was it. That was it, that was the cherry on the we're, top. We're good. <laughs> um, but speaking of white people, we like Ryan Reynolds is funny. <laughs> yeah, I just it's just so Ryan Reynolds is just kind of America's like goofball. <laughs> He's America's dad. America's goofball dad. He released kind of um, a, like, just like a, a stupid ass video of um, him creating a cocktail in uh, in honor of Father's Day. Um, and he called it the vasectomy. And basically was just like trolling dads uh, with this cocktail. Basically, it's just like, it's pure Ryan Reynolds, like, goofiness and joy. And it's... He he, in the whole time the whole time he's like making like uh, like silly jokes like he's filling the glass with ice the way that children fill our lives with so much joy, he says facetiously, <laughs> and it, just like full sarcasm like turned up to the max. I mean Ryan Reynolds is on point and uh, we didn't talk about it but apparently for Mother's Day um, the only reason I know this is because Shane sent me a thing to call the number and do it. There was he teamed <laughs> up with like partnered with like an audiobook company or something and so you call in this number and Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds telling, you know, parents, you know, moms to go put their kids down and leave the phone on speaker. And I will read your kid a bedtime story so you can, you know, go do whatever you want. You want to you want to go bang, go bang and enjoy Mother's Day. You want to go take a nap. You want to go have a cocktail. You do whatever you want. I will I will babysit your children. And it is him reading the uh, telling the story of the gingerbread man. And so he tells it all the way through and he gets to the end. He goes, oh, you're still awake, are you? Okay. And so he tells it again. <laughs> and it's literally him telling the story over and over again until either your call, like, gives up or, like, the, the audio cuts off, like, and then I was, like, reading, like, comments about it. So, like, I think I got through it two and a half times before it cut out. Um, oh, okay. So it does eventually, the audio like, does but, end. Like, but I think it was, like, yeah, like, where the audio finally just cut out. And then somebody else said they listened to it, like, three times before it cut out. But it's just him, like, retelling the story of the gingerbread man over and over again. That's amazing. And it's so perfect. And so Ryan Reynolds does Holidays Right, and we stand Ryan Reynolds on this podcast. And goddamn, he's beautiful. He's also very beautiful. He's gorgeous. Good lord. But we don't speak of Green Lantern. <laughs> and we all the Ryan Reynolds pretends that movie doesn't happen, so we, we all just, like, kind of ignore that. But hey... I wasn't here last week to talk about Drag Race, so can we talk about Drag Race? We have so much to catch up on. Oh, so much drag has happened. All right, so um, for those of you who don't know, um, we have a segment coming up called the Drag Race 20, where JJ and I will sit down and I set a timer for exactly 20 minutes, and we talk about Drag Race for only 20 minutes. It is for your sanity, (laughs) our producer's sanity, (laughs) and um, we would still be here for the end of time talking about whatever we could yeah. about Drag Race. 
Because literally. we can just keep going. Quite literally. So I have the timer set. And ready, set, go! Yeah, I don't know what is... And I said this to you last night. I don't know what is in the waters of Spain and Australia. But for some... They are, they are they're fixing, making choices. They're making fucking choices and just fixing to piss me off this week. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Uh, so, um... First, let's talk, like, so Spain 1 is a great show. I think Spain's great. Those queens are fierce. They're all beautiful. Like, they're all ridiculously beautiful. Like, sexually confusing beautiful. beautiful. Like, Carmen Farala is, like, in and out of drag. You're like, I uh, I don't know I, how I my... I shouldn't look directly at this because it's too pretty. Right. Like, it should be, like, this should be, this should be in a museum. <laughs> 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 this is what Indie needs to preserve. <laughs> Indiana Jones is talking about all this time. Yes, and I finally get it. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, no, sh- like she's gorgeous. They're all like they're all uh, like ridiculously uh, who, who, good looking. Hugasia, like, is I think the epitome of what drag should be always. Oh yeah, like but, su- super fascinating, very avant garde, very like. Sasha Velour meets like Crystal Method. Oh, that's absolutely yeah, perfect. And Sasha Velour meets Crystal Method because she's like tall and lanky with like the overdrawn like clown like makeup, but it's not just clown like a Crystal Method. It's art like Sasha like Velour, a Sasha Velour and high concept and oh, I want her to win so bad. I do like saying his last name is Crujiente. 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 Um, we're going to learn real quick that Joanna speaks no Spanish. <laughs> um, unlike the way I look, I don't speak Spanish because I'm not. <laughs> Newsflash, not all brown people speak Spanish and are Mexican and or Spanish. Um, so that'll be great. Um, um, I think, though, no, but okay, so the gag... Of this last episode in particular was that the judges were really harsh on Inti. Yeah. Inti is their only indigenous queen. Uh, yes. The only indigenous queen on Hispania. And she's like 9,000 feet tall, super long hair, beautiful. She's like made for the runway. Yeah. Um, wonderful, fabulous, um, and came out in this beautiful it's like indigenous a, outfit. It's like a like, it's like a devil. Um, like there was like a cape with like fire, like f- f- lined with like fire, and like had like all these like really intricate like designs on the outside with, with like beautiful a, headpiece. with this like beautiful headpiece, and it was supposed to be like. And then her face was like. Look like, uh, like you know, like when you're in like kindergarten and they give you a box with marbles and paint and you roll it around and it like does like a marble painting on your, uh, like on your paper. I don't remember last week. <laughs> uh, well, that's what her face reminded me Got of. Got it. And it I, was can, I can imagine. Yes, yes. Stunting. Stunting. It was Gorgina. I loved every minute of it. And then they're like, I wish she had a night. They're like this looks great, this looks great, this looks great, this looks great, but your dress is crap. And they're like, like, they they came for her boots too? Yeah, and you're like, your boots, I just wish they were like more. And she's like, but if I was, I had this big extravagant, you know, 
outfit on underneath the, the you know the extravagant cape under the extravagant headdress wouldn't it be too much and they're like well we didn't say we wanted it to be we just wanted it to be elevated we wanted it to be more but they're like but it would have been too much <laughs> like i don't know what you want from me and i'm like that's a fair argument like i can understand yeah. them saying something to the effect of like you know we want something a little bit more elevated underneath but i thought it was fine especially when because i agree it would have been too much if it was this big extravagant thing underneath because she would have looked like a fucking pinata yeah it would have been it would have been like um was it sister sister in her like oh yeah in her in her like garden look with all the giant fucking flowers and like vines going everywhere yeah and her those like the boot sale or whatever Mm -hmm. thing where they're just like oh here's some crap here's some more crap Oh, you know what? It still needs more things on it. <laughs> Add more. Let's do more, more, more. More, 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 more. Or like uh, early, like Alyssa Edwards, where, you know, where? Coco Chanel says, uh, before you leave the house, yeah. take one thing off. Alyssa Edwards says, put 25 more things on. <laughs> I need more bangles. I need yeah. more <laughs> I need that, more it, necklace. It would have been very that. And, um, yeah, and so they're like, they told her she was in the bottom, and she went. She's like, no. Nope. Nope, I'm not going to do cute. this. I'm not going. No. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this uh, this parade of, uh, to only be like just like do, for you just to like defeat my my uh, my it, this like beautifully done yeah. and indigenous look and just to be like yeah paraded for entertainment. No, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I mean, I I can see both sides of the the fence in the the aspect because I do appreciate that Supreme came backstage and was like, I'm gonna sit down and try to talk to you about this. Um, and do I and think not that- bullying her into I into doing yeah. the like what I appreciated was like, I'm not here to like sway you either way. I just want to make sure that you are clear on what you want to do. I'm gonna support what you. you do. Yeah, and, and also said that like. You know, just like, because she did say, she was like, hey, like, you came in, you signed signed a contract, you You knew this was going to happen. That stated that we were going to judge you on what you did. And, um, but to that same extent, she was like, I do agree where NT was saying, like, yeah, but I'm not being, I don't think all the girls are being judged the same. I don't think that we're all being treated the same. I'm being put under this harsher magnifying glass, I think, than other people are, and being, you know, told you know nitpicky stupid things and that put me in the bottom um although i will say her runway should not have been torn apart that way but she should have been in the bottom because like her her acting like oh yeah her challenge was not great. was not very good uh, thank god for sagittarius who like carried that whole scene oh yeah no like because what it should have been is like instead of nitpicking her outfit it should have just they should have gone in on her acting yeah it should have just been like you're you're going to be in the bottom and this is because you were crap in this challenge yeah you were dead faced dead eyed you did nothing you did no comedy had no energy you were literally so dis like disassociated from this experience like it was the most boring thing to watch you act um but you're gorgeous yeah I mean, it should have been it should have been more that as opposed to yeah, you weren't great in this. You 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 did okay, I guess. But like, but this outfit is great. But you know what's trash? Everything underneath that cape. Right. Like, it's, I'm sorry, what? It's giving me like very much like Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, Canada's Drag Race. Like, oh, as yeah. he was like just you know just ripping into these girls for you know for somebody who's like. Not a drag queen. Not, not, not a drag queen and, uh, you know, just a tenuous 
Like, he's just there for, like, because he's kind of a celebrity? He's there because he's guest judged on regular Drag Race a bunch of times. And he's an attractive man. Yeah. And he's Canadian. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, check, check, check. You're yep. on the panel. <laughs> yeah, you're on the show. Um, so, I am excited for Canada to come back, though. Because, well, one, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman's not going to be a regular judge. Because conveniently he has Because uh, he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 for some reason, he's busy. But I do believe Brooklyn and uh, Stacy. Oh, my God. I cannot both... wait for Stacy to come back. I, I love her I voice. Worship... Uh, I worship the ground that fucking bitch walks on. She's so fierce. And uh, I love that she gives runway, like, tutorials. Like, mm-hmm. when she just sits there, it's like, let me teach you how to work a runway. Because that's what she does because she's a she model. that's what she fucking does. And she was on America's Top Next Top Model, and she was the runway coach after Miss J. And like, work, literally, bitch. And literally once they like, got rid of the original core cast, like, I stopped watching. But, like, I would watch clips just of Stacey teaching like, the girls how to walk, <sighs> do runway walks, because she's it's legit. so good. Because this is wonderful. We digress. This is, hey kids, welcome to what a normal conversation would It's like, glad you only get 20 minutes of this because, oh, sweet mother of Christ. <laughs> this usually goes on for hours. Um, so, um, but yeah, so Inti hit the house. They made her, um, who was who was she singing against? Dor- Dravina? Uh, Dravina. That bitch is going soon too. <laughs> Um, the and yeah, and they made her like solo lip sync, which I thought was interesting because the guy on the panel was the singer of the song. And so they're like, we need to have, we have you. to, we have to do this song because he's, he's here. here. They can't push it to another week because that would make no sense because he's there. So they made her because at first I was like, why are they gonna make this bitch sing? Like do do this dance? Like she she's like, like she's it. Why? Well, and they why even we said they're like, we, we need you to do this lip sync. You're not going anywhere. You're you're staying, but. You need to do this lip sync so, because it's because it's part of part of our show. We need to get this done. Um, I do I, I do like the fact that the at, towards the end all the other queens, the queens came, came down and, and danced like, with her. Yeah, dancing and lip syncing with her, and I thought because then it's just like a kiki at that point. Uh, yeah, that's fun because then it was fun because at first you're just like because then it's, you're just like oh, this is a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sad. It's not that like and she's not that she's great. not the best like uh, lip syncer performer. Yeah. Um, is giving me very much like Pearl Smash. Yeah, and there's a lot of Pearl. I do see a lot of Pearl she, in she's her. Very Pearl, like even like in the face, like she looks like Pearl. Like she and paints I, like Pearl yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Paints like Pearl. Well, and it's funny because she paints a lot like Pearl, and Sagittaria paints exactly like a. <laughs> it's it's a little. It's uncanny. It's creepy. It's creepy. Like I was like, oh, when did when did Aquaria get, go to Spain? Oh wait, no, uh, no, 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 it's the Aquarium one. <laughs> this is thing one and thing two. This is thing two. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, let's, let's get into the wigotry of Down Under. Yeah, Down Under is also pissing me off, too. This show is, like, I have never been so mad at Drag Race in my entire life. Yeah, and I know you, 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 we were talking about this the other day, I was like, I, you sh- I was under the impression that most, most of, like, the, um, like, the, uh, the global drag race have been, like, really highly praised. Like, as I'm, as I'm, like... Uh, the watching down under, I'm like, no, this is kind of crap. And it because it, and it's a shame because it started off so good. It was so good. And like then, that first episode was like the first two episodes. First I two were episodes great. were great because like then the they first, brought back Art Simone and yeah. then we're like, what? what? 
Yeah. And then they kicked off both of the the well, only people of yeah. color in the cast. And you're like, okay. Yeah, because the first And then that's time, when yeah. they decided to talk about systematic <laughs> racism. And you're like, but there are no colored people. There are no, there are no BIPOC people in the room to have this conversation with. Like, the, this is a huge missed opportunity. And I'm like, then with the, just with this week... Yeah, it's because just, like oh, so much. So last week's episode was the the previous week's episode was the makeover challenge. I thought from beginning to end that episode was a solid episode. Solid I was episode. like I was like, yeah. okay, maybe we're back on the upswing. Maybe this is gonna be a better show again. And then it wasn't. <laughs> then they're like puddling all sorts of wiggetry and So ugh. we had the talent show this last week and um, I will say, we give Scarlett Adams all of the crap because she's not a great person, but her routine was fierce. She earned that win because she was the only one who brought real talent. Yeah, and we've uh, seen pole dancing on... All-Stars 5. An All-Stars 5, Shade Kool-Aid. Did, uh, did it, and it was, it was meh. It was cute, but that was it. It was, it it, was it okay. Was, it was, it but was cute, Scarlett but Scarlett was, was like, they needed like first aid like responders on hand because she was doing tricks that would have if, killed her that if things went wrong if she sl- her grip like slid she would have died she would have yeah. fallen straight onto her head yeah it was and it was so well executed it was entertaining it was well put together like it got to the end and i was like i really wanted to be mad at this episode but i or about this performance but, but I, I can't, can't. it's really good it was very good i mean props and she props and props she props looked fucking sexy she, yeah no it was great it looked good it was put together well and yeah and so um but our bottom two were it was ketamine and electroshock Electroshock does this beautiful contemporary modern dance, and it was stunning. It was something from like you think you so you think you can dance. So you think you can dance and dancing with the stars where the pros are doing their thing. Like, yeah, so good, so, so good. Well, it was so well executed, and they're like. You're in the bottom because that was the basic dress and your wig was stupid and you weren't wearing heels. Even though we understand that you're doing modern dance, a modern contemporary dance that requires you not to wear shoes. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm sorry, what? You know Again. Who, you know who won a challenge not wearing shoes? Alyssa Edwards doing a contemporary ballet dance during the rusical. So calm your fucking tits. So, Jesus Christ! Like I'm I, sorry. I don't know what the judges want. Like, and he's right. What do they want? Yeah, I don't know. But they were like, I think they were like, Electroshock wasn't supposed to get this far. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is pro- this is pro- the producers being like, holy fuck, this was not going to be our. This is not our original top five. Uh, we need to somehow make it so that Electroshock gets gets booted out. Yeah, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna call out her basic ass dress. And kind of thirsty ass wigs. Yeah, like the thirsty wig that she even said, she was like, I know it's a crappy wig, but I'm wearing the crappy wig and the basic dress because it makes sense for what I'm doing. For what I'm doing. Like, it all serves a purpose. Yeah. Um, Whereas a a fucking Karen from finance puts on some nipple tassels, makes a balloon animal, and walks walks off stage. And you're like, okay, cool, you're safe. 90% of her routine was her walk, was her shimmying up to walk up to a balloon. She makes a balloon animal. And then, like, the most entertaining thing she did was stick the tail end of the balloon into her mouth to make the bubble. Mm-hmm. Which you're like, cute. Why didn't you make like anal beads then? Like that would have been funny too, or anything else. Make another animal. Make another animal. Yeah. And what's great is like, 
I know how to make, like, dog balloon animals. They take no time. Like, zero time. You could have made six of those. <laughs> and they caught Electra Shock for being kind of basic. I'm like, oh, but she makes a basic ass balloon animal well, and I nipple mean, tassels, and that's a safe performance. Well, and even, like, fucking sitting there, like, even Michelle is like, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Whereas, like, and again, I'm going to say, like, they call out Ketamine for taking too long to get started on her act. Karen took, like, it's a a 90-second routine, I think they have. They have 90 seconds to do (laughs) And a full minute of it is her walking to the front of the stage stage. to the balloon. (laughs) It's like, it takes her a full minute to get to her balloon. It takes maybe 10 seconds to make that balloon animal, and then she walks off again. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And that's sorry. a safe performance? Excuse I'm, me? I'm sorry. Like, you're going to throw a ketamine in the bottom because she mm. took too long to walk to uh-huh. like, her birth. And then she, like, Kitta does, like, six quick changes. Like, what, was it the best quick change costume? No. But Karen wasn't in the best bodysuit. <laughs> and took forever to do her routine. Yeah. It's producer wiggetry happening. They really needed to. And, and remember, ketamine and electroshock are... Co-workers. They're co-workers. Kid, Kimmy is her boss. And they're the only two New Zealand, we're the only two New Zealand queens. You knew you were going to put the two New Zealanders against Exactly. Um, and they're like, well, I guess we'll do this one, even though, like, see what they should have done is that, well, Anita Wiglet should have still been there. And if you had to do it, you should have had Kita and Anita duke it out. And that would have been like, whatever. And it should have been a, it would have been a double Shantae because they're both... They would have both killed it. They both would have killed it. It was great. But no, we, we fucking sent Anita home. We sent Electra home. And now I'm like, if Kidami doesn't win, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm I'm definitely pushing for a Kidamine win. Um, they are producing the hell out of Scarlet to win. Right now, and I'm really scared that she's going to win it because it's not... Like, what kind of message does that send? Like, oh, now that we've, you know, talked about the 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 elephant in the room and the blackface in the yeah. room, now she's deserving of a, of the crown? It's like, well, let's... She, well, she well she's to... the only person of color left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and I think, though, what I think because there's still so much fan backlash of how that was handled, even the... I think... Because I, I'm still assuming they're doing a... They'll, they'll film multiple endings and then mm. show. They may just... Uh, like, if they were going like, see, we're going to have Scarlet win. We're not going to have Art Simone win, who you all thought was going to win. Like, whatever. Like, I can see them turning the tides and been like, nope, Art won. <laughs> we know she's not problematic. We know she can do things. We She already has a show on WoW. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. She's already on the payroll. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Direct deposit for your check, honey. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like you don't need to give me a check. Just pull that shit into my account. It's you know the you know the rounding number. <laughs> <laughs> you got them digits already. You It'll got be the fine. Digits. I mean, if Art Simone wins, I won't be happy, but I won't be mad. If like if no, Scar- I'll be mad because Art Simone shouldn't have been there. Art Simone shouldn't have been there, but I won't be as mad as if, if it was a Scarlet. Like oh, I, for sure, yeah, Scarlet. I like, think. If Karen wins, I'll, like, again, I won't be happy about it, but I won't be mad at I mean, it. Yeah, it'll be like, okay. Like, sure. Sure. You, because again, like, I think we said, we even said it last night, is that <coughs> Karen from Finance is a great drag queen. She is just bad, bad at drag, drag race. race. Yeah. And there's been multiple instances of us seeing, like, great drag queens who've been very successful outside of 
the show, but they're just bad at Drag Race. Like, um, James Mansfield. Oh, yeah. James Mansfield has an amazing career. Oh, my God. Did you see that she recreated the Bob the Drag Queen way? Absolutely. It was so good. And it looks like, like, and that looks like how Bob wishes his wig. Yes, exactly. This is what Bob thinks his wig looks like. (laughs) And I think she said that, like, when I watched the video, James was like, if I get 5,000 likes on this video, I'll send it to, uh, oh, nope. You won't find out. You won't find out. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, well, that means it's time for us to take a break. Okay, bye. Bye. We're back, and we're back, and we're back, we're back, we're back, and we're back, and then we're back, and then we're back, and then we're back. All right. Now that we is that copyright? Our... Can I do that? <laughs> um, we'll find out. I don't think enough people care about us right now for copyrights, but we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, I watched. Oh God, I watched a video on. It was a real rejects video, and they got a copyright claim for singing a off key. Um, uh, Tom Cruise's name to the Mission Impossible theme for like five seconds and they got a copyright claim and um, they tried to dispute it and they lost. Oh, so they went Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom. Wait, no. That, you yeah. said Mission Impossible? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that happened and yours was more on key than theirs was so because they were trying to harmonize and it was bad. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, copyright claim. So I don't know. We'll find out when we get more famous. Hey, hey fans, make us famous. Let's do it. Hashtag make us famous. I want to have this be my main job. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's talk about Invincible. So, okay, disclaimer. Um, Joanna can't count. So um, I oversee a lot of the time, like the timelines of what we do. Like we plan, we, we plan we the fuck plan, out of this, guys. We do plan a lot of things. And so when we made the timeline of, okay, we're going to start with two episodes of Invincible because it'll end before Loki. So we'll have this out and then when our when we watch the first episode of Loki, it'll be the, the next, week the next week. The next week. Then Loki changed their schedule and I didn't see how that affected us. So when I went out of town I was like, okay you guys talk about episode seven. When I come back we'll talk about eight and then the next week we'll talk about Loki and that's not how that works. So you get the last <laughs> episode of Invincible and Loki all in one and we're gonna try to stay on time. Wish us luck. <laughs> we got this. I believe in us. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so Invincible first. Um, God, that finale was great. Finale was fantastic. It was exact. It was the it was the shoe that I ex- that I needed to have. The second shoe that I needed to drop. Yeah. Because the whole time they were cock teasing us for this episode. Yeah, because we still even into episode 7 we still didn't understand why we have why, no idea why, why anything happened. It's like why all these things happen? Why is he acting so sus? All the all the loose ends. And arguably there are still loose ends that are, yeah. will definitely come into play uh, if there's a second season. There is it's already been renewed. Has it been already? Yeah, it's been renewed. It was renewed. Yeah, that 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 happened a while ago. (laughs) Oh, I I literally like again. uh, There's a rock. (laughs) There's a rock you live under, and I avoid everything 
like the Matrix when it come, came to the show because I was like, nothing will be spoiled for me. Uh, um, and I avoided them. Thank you. Um, so we find out that um, Nolan, because he's a Voltron, is um, he, uh, yeah, he his 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 his, uh, his home planet is like the quote unquote superior race. Very much Heil, so. Uh, Heil Vulchmites. Mm-hmm. I, sp- I suppose. Um, and so they're like, we're going to take over all these weaker planets after they like beat the shit out of each other to like only have the best like, of the Vulchmites. It's like they have to, they have to like survival of the fittest themselves first. Yeah. And then the remainders were like, we're going to go off and going to like conquer these other planets because they don't deserve to be here because they're weak and only the, the best of their people can survive. Well, it's uh, and they're doing it in the veil that like, oh, we're helping you, we're giving you medical technology, we're giving you all this other like stuff that you could as if, when you become part of the empire, yeah. we'll take care of you, but if you refuse, we will kill you. As I said, <laughs> it's very like Thanos meets Star Wars. Yes, it's it is very like oh, like you're you're, you're like okay, they're doing good, but then like. But they're not. But they're also murdering. They're entire also planets. murdering entire like not just like planets. They're like annihilating like species. Mass genocide. Mass like speciesicide. Genocide, I still think works. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so they they killed a bunch of people, and so Nolan was sent to Earth to kill to do to do just that to weaken Earth and to uh, eventually assimilate it into the Viltrum Empire. Yeah, um, and then he fell in love with Sandra O. <laughs> yeah, and falls in love with Sandra O. Has um, uh, Stephen Young as his son, um, and then that complicates things because now he's like got ties to this planet, um, and and those that will come up later a little bit later, uh, and how that affects his like um, his kind of. Uh, th- arc in this episode because the episode starts off with him just like um trying to convince mark that he needs to live up live up to his viltramite heritage and help him convince earth to be part of the empire and mark's obviously like no this is my home home. i don't fucking care about what about mom um, yeah what about exactly what about mom don't you love her and so like oh my god and then he calls her his pet and i was like i already thought you were a dick but now i just straight up hate you like i i find i view her as like a pet and not only that she fucking heard that God, it was so... It was heart-wrenching to so see that. fucked up. Oh, I was God. like, oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but, like, the entire episode is just Nolan beating the shit out of Mark because he's like, oh... Oh, yeah, I'm... that's, like, 90% of the episode. 90% of the episode. Him beating the shit out of him. And then, like, you know, uh, having to... Mark seeing all the, like, collateral damage that their battle is happening, uh, taking place... Um, like whole buildings in like Chicago are falling and he can't save the people. And I will say that since we finally finished the episode, Jonathan sent me some really good memes that we'll send. He to also he also that, sent me those same memes that we'll we'll have we'll send to Natalia to put on the uh, Instagram account. Cause they're, because it's a good tie-in to, to science to Superman, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some good tie-ins. So we we will be posting the memes of all of the things because they were uh, they're pretty good. 
Yeah, but like this whole time, it's just like just devastation. Just, just devastation. Like I don't know if you noticed this, but like the cart, like the animation style was slightly different this oh, time. Oh, you on. mean like the background like didn't like move anymore? Or or, or like even the characters, like yeah. even Nolan's like character model yeah. was even it was like more rough. It wasn't like this really clean, and which I think I only bring up is because I think that's a really cool. Choice. Choice to, because yeah. then now we're seeing this breakdown of this character yeah. who you think of as this, like, you know, global superhero. And now he's, like, this dubious character. And the that kind of rougher, more hand-drawn yeah. animation style kind of lends itself to that, like, less pristine-looking um, feel. Yeah, and so they beat the shit out... Well, I would say beat the shit out of each other, but no... I, Mark gets his ass handed Mark to him. Mark gets his ass handed to and him. And so he just gets the crap beaten out of him. And so he's there and, uh, you know, his dad's just beating the shit out of him. And he goes, like, what is there? What will you have left when, you know, everything is, like, all these people die? And he goes, you. I'll have you, dad. And you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. And then Nolan was like... Shit. What? <laughs> And then we, we have this lovely little flashback of him seeing, you know, uh, like Mark first, as a child and first having, like, human emotions of, like, seeing his son succeed and being mm-hmm. proud. And then it fades back to him, like, all broken. And he's like, punch! Um, punches him some more and then pieces out. Yeah, he's like, I can't, because he's like, I can't handle this. Like, it's this, he's now realizing, like, oh, shit, this is my son. Yeah, so, but you're also wondering, like, is there going to be real remorse or is he just going to be like, I just need to take a minute, which for like, obviously a uh, Viltramate could be I think, eons. I mean, fair. Yeah. I, I think that's real remorse. I think there's a moment where he flies into like the stratosphere, but there's like tears yeah. streaming. So I believe that he like is genuinely conflicted in that like, Oh, he, he does want, he does want the human, uh, uh humankind to have, all the advanced technologies that the Viltramites have and be assimilated yeah. into their into their empire so that they can like take care of them. Um, but he's also like he sees he sees his son's side and is like, oh yeah, I'm. It, it brings that ex- that like that conflict into his character, and I think I do. I I I believe that he is conflicted. I mean, what they end up saying like he just like zooms out into like the fucking edge of the galaxy yeah. or something like that. I don't know if it's if he's like is he going to the Viltrum Empire like going back home home or he's or is he just like pulling like I need to be like by I myself. Need to be al- I need to be alone and brood and brood kind of thing. Yeah, so, so that's not super super clear yet. That's season two. I mean, so we'll, we'll probably see that in, in definitely in. And then I do love how season. we tie like this season up in a nice little bow with him, like visit, like talking to Alan. <laughs> talking to Alan. Alan, 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 Alan the alien. Because <laughs> he's like, he like Alan comes in, comes back, and he's like huffing and puffing. He's like, I have to warn you, there's a vulture mine on you, on your planet. He's like, Yeah, I got, I got some shit to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's so funny because Mark's like, Oh, that's why you're here. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay, well, you know, we have to have a discussion. And so they they set up the rest of the next uh basically oh yeah so omni man's gone but we still have this threat this threat this threat this like all these other like bad things all these things that we set up that we haven't touched yet there's more there's more oh yeah fuck so um i'm really excited for the next season hopefully it's next year but animation takes a while so animation does take a while um hey let's talk about my new my new favorite show loki god Loki. this is a great opening episode 
for Marvel. This was so good. It's so good. And it's I love that each Marvel show has been so distinctly different. Mm-hmm. So very different, but still feels like Marvel. Like, it's like we sit down and it's just like a warm hug. Um, I think there's only six episodes of Loki. Yes, it's a very short, very and I'm short sad. season. Um, I was on my way here. I was listening to Kevin Smith's podcast and they were trying to figure out how many episodes were going to be on there. Um, and they get told, uh, Mark Bernard and goes, oh, there's six episodes. They Googled it. And Kevin Smith, like, legit just looks at his camera and goes, but what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And I'm like, same Kevin, same. I don't know. Um, he he goes Black Widow, and he goes, but that's only two hours. <laughs> it's like I need I need I need more content. <laughs> um, we will have more content, but this is so good. I really enjoy this uh, deep dive into let's see let's see and understand this version of Loki. Yeah, it's really it's a really neat like psychological like yeah. Intro, intro, investigation of this like uh, of our old Loki because this is yeah. Loki from Avenger One time. Yes, as opposed to as opposed to our new... Endgame Loki who has gone through all of the shit. Yes, our redemption arc Loki. And um, I just love that he goes through so many like existential crises. Yeah, it's it, it's I and I I love the fact that Marvel is going there. They kind of went there. They went there with. Each of their, uh, each of the TV series so far has delved into some like, like with WandaVision it was all about grief, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier it was about like coming to terms with your, with true your self. with your true self going through you know going dealing with your trauma and then like both both Bucky and um, Sam going working through their trauma and to finally emerge as their best selves yeah. Um, and then with this is like this really intense like philosophical psychological existential like deep dive into like this are my choices mine I love that like mm-hmm. I love that we're exploring that so the like, exploration so much. of like free will and agency versus predestined like uh, predestination like it's all like. And also like this like side like touch on that I just came to the realization of right now of like corporate like corporate world being in charge of you know the little people beneath them kind of thing like very much of like a amazon empire like in a disney empire that rules all sure sure sure. yeah it it kind of like there's a little bit of a nod to that as well as far as like with the tva and like we're in charge of everything like we in charge we're in charge of keeping the the was it the sacred timeline uh, and preserving it and, you know, dealing with any variants and nexuses and whatnot. Um, I do appreciate the little PSA, like the old school PSA, where they just basically give you all the information of the TVA, the oh, Time with, Variance with, Authority. Yes, with uh, Ms. Minutes. Ms. Minutes. Voiced by Tara Strong. I love her. Yeah, and I love the the not so subtle hints to uh, Doctor Strange multiverse of madness because <laughs> there, there would be a multiverse and it would be madness. <laughs> I'm like ha and, ha ha ha. Um, and then we also have the uh, it would be a nexus, and you're like, oh, like Wanda. <laughs> oh, is that how that's gonna tie into? Is that the, how uh, that ties? Oh, oh, hint, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. <laughs> 
Um, no, like, they basically, like, just laid it out because they said it, like, 15 times in the yeah. commercial. Also, that commercial was so well, like, it was so, like, silly, like, animated. It was wonderful for what they were doing. Yeah, I, I do love the, uh, the like, r- retro, futuristic, f- like, art style that they're going for. Yeah. It, it really, it, it's, it's... Uh, it's like really that's what that the that PSA kind of yeah. lends itself to that sort of um, that aesthetic and I think that's really cool um, uh, can we talk about how like I didn't appreciate Owen Wilson as an actor until until right this now? very minute <laughs> like um, no, I've always appreciated Owen Wilson as an actor but I think that this is a role that I didn't know I needed Owen Wilson to play this part until he started talking and I was like oh. I want you here always. Yeah, I, I, I always see Owen as like the, the uh, those like goofy ass movies. I've ne- I've never seen him in something really serious, or even, I mean, I would wouldn't even necessarily call this serious, but like, uh, the, like not a uh, raunchy like uh, what was it like what was it a wedding crashers like wedding cra- crashers like uh, that's the Owen Wilson that I you picture that I you know that's that's who I think Owen Wilson's acting like yeah. genre is like to see him in this kind of role and to play like this this like kind of gr- almost like grounded character mm-hmm. but still have this like tinge of like disillusioned uh like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he's like, he's like, he has he's a like, sense of awe. There's, there's this like, he know, he knows all the bullshit and he's like, you can't, you can't, you know, pull one on me. Like, I've seen it all. Like, he has this like really kind of, uh, but still very, uh, disillusioned, but very grounded, like, well, and he still has this sense of like wonderment and excitement. Like when he talks about like the DB Cooper thing, or when he like just stands just to talk to Loki, he's just like there's still this sense of like awe with him, which I think is great. Um, but he's also like, like you said, like he's not, he's like kind of disillusioned and like doesn't really care, but he's still like charming. Very as, opposed, as opposed to being like this hardened like he, kind of character, yeah. he's like like when uh, Loki's like I'm gonna like I just want to set something on fire, and he's like, well, you can start with my desk. <laughs> he's like, or he's like, or you know, at the nightmare department, I'll I'll help you set that one on yeah. fire. Like this is just like, and you're just like you're just so charming. And if this series was ninety percent. Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson sitting in a room talking, I would be 100% okay Yeah, with why it. is it that, like, just those two speaking is so compelling? Because their chemistry is so on point. That's they're it. They're so... They're good actors. They are really good at, like, responding to each other. And 90%... A good chunk of the episode was just them sitting at a desk talking. And it was great. I was like, why Why do Why do I need this? I don't know, but I'm here for it. But I'm I love here it. for it. Um... And I appreciate all of, um, okay, it's not a podcast unless we talk about the fact that Tom Hiddleston got naked and it was wonderful. Oh, sweet Jesus. I like, wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you look really good. You look really good. <laughs> well, oh, flood all the basements. <laughs> oh, he's just, oh. Yeah, like he been hitting the gym. He been working on his fitness. Jeez. I'm his witness. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, and I think it's one of those things that he's always looked good like that. We just very rarely see him without clothes on. Well, it's because he's uh, underneath all that Asgardian leather. <laughs> I mean, even under regular clothes, like, you don't notice it because it doesn't, like, he he's not, like, a Chris Hemsworth. No. Muscular. He's a very, like, I am an average man who works out a lot. 
He's like, like very trim. He's like yeah. very yeah, he's like very there's like felt. no body fat on him. Zero. There's like zero body fat on him. And it's but all hey, if like, anybody needs anybody to inspect just to double check, I volunteer <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. I will bite the bullet on this one. <laughs> um, I, and let me also say he is the nicest person. I got to see him in a play uh, before while plays were still a thing in New York. <laughs> Old fashioned statement. <laughs> um, when plays were still a thing and you can go to a stage door in New York. I saw him in a play. He was wonderful. And I got to talk a little bit to him afterwards. There was a bajillion people there. Um, and I was being polite as being one of the few people who wasn't like, who didn't call him Loki when he came out. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> you and you I think called me by my name. <laughs> oh, and when he signed my playbill, I looked at him. I said, you did a wonderful job tonight. As opposed to, I really love you in Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> What's your TV show going to be about? Um, no, it was just like, but he was, God, he's like, to watch that man act in person is Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Mind blowing. I'm glad that he's just as charming, like, in real life. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I'm glad glad to hear that. Yeah, Yeah, no, he was very nice, even though he was like, and it was like, I saw it like opening night, so he was like, clearly like, I'd rather be anywhere than here right now. I'd rather celebrate doing the show and whatever, but he still took the time to sign autographs. Um, Charlie Cox was there also, and he is also very sweet. Good on them. But yeah. Um, the I show's great. Plays. The show's great. I want to watch For Always. I want I, I want more than six episodes. We'll get more than more than six episodes. It's already been renewed. Has it? I think this has, has been renewed for a second season. Has uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier been renewed yet? No, but I think I because think they're s- making another Captain America movie, the writer for Falcon and Winter Soldier um, is writing the next Captain America movie. And I think Scarlett Johansson has already pretty much just basically, uh, other than just like flat out said that there's not going to be a second season of WandaVision, right? You mean Elizabeth Olsen? What did I say? You said Scarlett Johansson. I was like, where are you going with this? Oh, that's... that. <laughs> that, that that's, she's in a movie. She's in a movie. <laughs> no, the other white bitch. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. I think she's... Oh, but other than like flat out said that there isn't going to be a second WandaVision. Um, yeah, no, that one doesn't make any sense to have another one. Uh, yeah, so I'm just curious to see of the, the Marvel TV shows, which was... Which no, I think as of right now, I think Loki's the only one that for sure has been renewed. Okay. But, um, yeah, we'll go further, dive deeper into episode two next week, because we still have more things to talk about, because... JJ is doing his job and actually I've watching been good. Uh, I, I think it also helps that this show is really fucking captivating. Yeah, it's... It, 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 and I, it really just ends on, like, notes you're like, oh. Oh, but more, please? Yeah, and th- this is one of those episodes where you're just like, I can see, like, oh, I just want to... Con- it's just easy <laughs> to kind of continue and go on and and keep keep going. But the, uh, we're ta- I'm talking about the episode four of Queen's Gambit. Um, we find Beth uh, continuing her rounds in the tournaments, and now she's uh, now they are going international. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not that they haven't been. I think she's she was in. Um, no, this is this is the first time that she's been international. Like yes. The, the, going, I think this this episode takes place in Mexico City. Um, because uh, she's she's officially graduated. She's not in school anymore. 
Um, I, which means I don't know how old she is. Like, it's never really clear how old this this girl is. And she, it's it's it stays fairly ambiguous. I think you have to like do math. <laughs> you have to math because I think they give you years. Yeah, they do give on you there, years. So you have to try to be like, okay, so in this year she was this. You have to math. Yeah, or I'm like not gonna Google math. it. Um, so she's older. Like, I want to. She, she's probably like what, 15, 16. Yeah, I I feel like that she was even younger, like, going into high school. Like, I thought she was, like, 12 going into high school or some crazy shit. I'm like, oh, that's partic- very, very young. But uh, but she's graduated high school, and now they've been basically just, like, hitting the tournaments hard. Oh, so uh, if she's graduated, she's probably, like, 16, 17. Something like that, yeah. But still clearly underage. Yeah, definitely not 21. Definitely not 21. Definitely not 18. Definitely not 18 yet. <laughs> um... But uh, they go to Mexico City, and the mom reveals that um, she's had a, a pen pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Spanish pen pal, a Mexican uh, pen a pal. Sexy, a sexy Mexican pen pal. A sexy Mexican pen, pen pal named Manuel. And you know what? Get it, Mom. And I'm like, yes, I'm all for Mom getting her some. And boy, does she get her some in this episode. Like, she, she gets is, her some all over the place. She is, she is not seen through most of this episode because she's getting dicked down by this Mexican guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, remember Mom? <laughs> she's having sex. <laughs> yeah, she's she's blowing um, Senor Manuel in the zoo over here. So you can go on here and yeah, read about your chest. Yeah, that's good. Do whatever you need to do, boo-boo. Um, I like the fact that like those twins from the Kentucky tournament, yeah. just like just randomly pop up, and you're like, oh hey, I know you. Oh hey, and 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 this is the first episode where I feel like that they actually like start getting along. They start getting along, and they like hang out and like yeah, and I think it, have it's, fun. And I think it's definitely one of those like fish out of water moments where. Beth doesn't really have friends. <laughs> she hangs no. out with her mom. Yeah. And she goes and plays chess. And I think that people are starting to, because she wins so much, people are like, oh, huh. you're actually good at this game, so you're kind of worth my time to talk to. And um, then you're, again, you're like fish out of water. So you're like, oh, you're only here with your mom who's off having sex. <laughs> so um, we'll hang we'll out hang with you. We'll hang out with you. Um, and they're clearly much older than she is. They're like, def- they are of age. <laughs> I think they are definitely of age. Um, and the mom even says that they're like, they are pretty cute. Yeah. And they're twins. So like, hey, double the pleasure. Double the pleasure. <laughs> um, but like, Beth clearly sees them as like just as friends. Yeah. And like, it's one of the few times that we get to see her like act her age. Like mm-hmm. truly like be a teenager. Yeah. And which is fun. Like they're in the pool and they're like playing cards. And I was like, oh. Good for you, Beth. Acting like an actual normal human teenager. <laughs> you act like a human girl. You get you, you get you, you get some, you some interaction. You yeah. get you some friends. <laughs> get you some friends and, and and be less like chess robot. Um, but we do get a lot of chess robot in in this episode. Uh, uh, she. This is the first time that she encounters uh, the 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 Russian. The Russian. The Russian. Um, and even the mom says, like, yo, you're so into this chest thing. Like, the you need to relax. You need to calm down a little bit. You know, take a breather. And she does that a little bit in this episode, which is kind of nice. Like, um, with, with the twins and everything like that. And, um. Oh, I see there is a, uh, a piano note. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the mom, uh, she, she comes back from, like, uh. Uh, a tournament match, and the mom is like entertaining a bunch of uh, guests in the parlor of the uh, mm-hmm. of the um, 
the hotel. The, the hotel and she's at the piano and she's uh she's playing it's a piano arrangement of an aria from an opera um the opera is called la amico uh, la amico fritz by uh pietro Mas- mascani uh the aria is called oh my god italian son pochi fiori uh, and it's uh, the piano arrangements by Marco Veluch- v- Veloci. Uh, and it's a beautiful arrangement. I actually am a little familiar with this aria. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she plays it like as a solo piano is, um, it's really pretty. Yeah. It's very pretty. And a, cra- a crowd has even gathered and Beth even says like, oh, so much for that stage fright. <laughs> Right, right and now. She's like, I've been getting dick, so I. So, so I'm good. happy. Like, it's great. I'm just doing this for fun. I'm not even scared at all. It's yeah. all, it's all good. Um, but yeah, so the the big the big impetus of this uh, episode is Beth uh, has worked her way up to the tournament to actually um, play, the play the Russian, and she's like. You know, shaking her. She's like, he's he's big time. He's big time. He's big fish, um, and she gets basically her kind of handed her yeah. ass handed to her. Oh yeah, no, she like, she's unceremoniously. Like she she remarks that like he makes such obvious moves that I'm stupid for not have seen what he was doing. Yeah. Like, it, it was playing all, all back into, like, all those insecurities that she had when um, homeboy from uh, Cowboy Chess Player, uh, homeboy mm-hmm. from uh, um, uh, Love Actually. Yeah, Love was Actually like, was, like, was like, oh, yeah, you could have done this and you wouldn't have been, it, it would have, you know, protected you from being open to this move. And she's like, fuck off. I'm, my game is perfect. And she's like, oh, wait, it's not. Holy fuck. Yeah. And, like, this is another, like, you know. Bring the, you know, bring the bitch down a couple notches because, you know, she's, all she does is win and it's good to see like, you know, oh, you're, you're still a little girl that needs to uh, learn a lot more about this, uh, about this chess playing tournament world. Like you got, you got more, you got more to go. Um, but the gag of the episode is... So traditionally, Beth always goes to her mom and recounts all the uh, what, what's gone on. What's gone on in the day? She recounts basically move by move. Yeah, oh, she recounts everything when her mom can't make it to the match because a sure. lot of the time her mom's there and like the twins were always saving her a spot. And I think that also kind of threw her off her game because her mom wasn't there. And she's like, oh, fine, I'll have to tell her about it later. Mm-hmm. So she goes, she goes back to the hotel to go talk to talk to mom. And mom's like, you know, kind of just lying in bed, and she's she's uh, she starts, starts recounting. Yeah, she starts recounting, and, and she kind of like like bumps her into her foot, and like doesn't move, and it doesn't move, and then she like feels her leg. And then she's like, starts panicking. That fucking bitch just up and dies. What the fuck? I loved asking you about this the other day. You're like, you say nothing about the episode. You go, that bitch fucking died. That bitch fucking died. Yeah. Out of fucking nowhere. I mean, if you, I mean, it's been hinted that she's she gets sick really easily. Yeah. And she even says straight up like, oh, I think I've caught a virus uh, yeah. while she was being dicked down by Manuel. Yeah. Um, but like. We were always like, oh, she just like you know takes her pills and she's good. she gets better. She gets like, better like, and it's, it's whatever. And like not this time. Yeah, I know. This was something like I was like, I feel like mom's gonna die, and this will be like that like life lesson thing that Beth gets like, and it'll be like that trope for like, you know, the second to last episode that she has to overcome to you know do her things. I was like, nope, nope, we're doing it now, middle of the show. No, she just fucking cool. dies. Mom's okay. dead. Cool. 
Um, oh yeah, and so then uh, Beth sends tries to get word to Mr. Wheatley. Yeah, and he's like, I don't fucking care. Just take her ass back to Louisiana or wherever they're from, and like have her buried there or some yeah. shit. Do you need money? I'll send you money. I don't. I don't. I don't need to be bothered by this. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Wheatley, hang- yeah, like you already knew that Mr. Wheatley's a dick, but you're like, wow, you are a you're a complete fool. asshole. Yeah, you're like, a stone cold dick. Like, like your oh former man. wife just died, and he's like, I can't be bothered. And technically, it's still his wife because they, don't they never divorced. They technically. never divorced. He just left them. Yep. But, but I don't know how. And they well, they never reported it that they weren't together anymore because that was how mom could keep Beth. And, and uh, you know and. Keep her yeah, as a as a, as a child. As a, yeah, her yeah, that's how child. she was able to keep Beth because they weren't able. To, uh, she wouldn't have been able to keep her because you know they're not married. The fifties. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So we end the episode uh, with Beth uh, boarding a plane back to the U.S. Uh, with her mother's remains being loaded up, and she like has a has, has a cocktail in her mom's name, and I'm like, oh, she already had addiction problems before. Her mother's death is not going to help things. And we also see her go to the Mexican pharmacy, pharmacy to get all of the tranquilizer pills because that's pills. where you get your pills. You go to Mexico. Yeah, go to Mexico because they don't. You don't need a prescription. You don't need. You don't need any a fancy doctor's note. You can just straight up just walk up and give me pills, and they'll give you pills. And mas. she said, "Mas pills, por favor." <laughs> mas. Just mas. And that's where we leave it. I'm like, the fuck. Yep. That, I think I hit this point when I was watching the show, and I was like. This is pretty, like, I was like, I'm going to go to bed after this episode. And I got to the end, I was like, guess I'm not I'm not going to bed after this episode. <laughs> start now, please. <laughs> I can't start any faster. <laughs> start now. I don't want the 10 second countdown. I need now. It needs to be, it needs to happen. Moss, moss, moss. Moss, moss. All right. Um, let's take another break. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. And we're back. And hello. 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 Is it me you're looking for? Thank you that that's where you went. Because I always go there too. And people are like, uh, no, it's the Adele song. I'm like, no, you cretin. <laughs> it's fucking Lionel Richie. It's Lionel Richie. Uh, that's always where I go first. <laughs> um... Well, also, when I go, like, and I hear hello, I also, like, replay the entire Glee episode in my head where they sing just songs about hello. Because there's so many good, like, hello songs in there. And, yeah, no, hello, Lionel Richie. That's usually where I go to first. I, like, uh, hello from the other side is way lower on my list. Like, I go Book of Mormon first before I go uh, (laughs) Adele. Adele. (laughs) I, I mean, to be fair, hello... My name is Elder Price. Used to be my go-to hello. Ding dong. <laughs> Actually, that was usually my response to ding dong. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> um. Oh, so many memories. <laughs> the memories of being trapped in a car with Jonathan going across country. There's lots of hellos. <laughs> 
We got and that's why approval. we're saying somehow we're still friends. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's talk about some stuff that's coming up. All sorts of things. Um, so uh, I think we talked about this uh, like a, a couple weeks ago that um, uh, Netflix is doing this like um, three-part film R.L. Stein adaptation of Fear Street. Yes. Um, and at first, I think I rep- I had said that they were doing it like a, a movie a month. No, they're doing a movie a week. I mean, that sounds more on brand for Netflix right yeah. now. So there, it's j- uh, premiering July 2nd. Uh, you're going to get the first uh, part of the trilogy. And they're just dates. They're just years. So the first part of the trilogy is 1994. Um, the second is 1978. And the last is 1666. So we're like progressively going back in time. I'm here for in this. this. In this uh, series. so I'm here for this. I stan R.L. Stein. Um, Apparently this is pretty like fucking scary and like gory. I've I believe it because he he's done adult books also, but yeah. he's you know more famous for the kids books. But like I'm here for this. Yeah, it's supposed to go into like the campy '70s slashers, um, uh, mixed in with other like classic like horror uh, ish, uh, horror like genre hopping, and so I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. So that's starting, uh, and they released an official trailer for the the whole trilogy event uh, earlier last week, and so um, it's uh, gonna be interesting. And I, I do love a good horror movie, so give me give me all the horror. It'll it should be fun. Um, Lord of the Rings animated movie. Um, it worked so well in the past. <laughs> Although I do remember. Uh, seeing the old like seventies The Hobbit car- cartoon. Oh, okay. That? So I was a nerd in middle school, and so I we had like elective like clubs and stuff to be able to join, and I stayed late to join the book club. Woohoo! Because I'm a nerd, and what did we read? We read The Hobbit, and then we watched the As cartoon, you and, and then we re- we watched the cartoon, and um. The the Hobbit cartoon I think is infinitely better than the Hobbit movies. I do remember like really enjoying the Hobbit cartoon. But the Lord of the Rings cartoons were garbage. <laughs> I don't think I remember seeing the Lord of the Rings cartoons. I think I just saw the Hobbit. Oh, because the Hobbit's the only one we talk about. Like, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings cartoons, like we yeah. yeah. So um already starting off, like it can only go up from there. <laughs> Right, and uh, the so the official animated movie title is Lord of the Rings: The War of Rohirrim. Sure, sure. Uh, it's supposed to be t- uh, supposedly taking uh, st- uh, using the same timeline as the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy movies. Um, it's it will act as a prequel to uh, the Peter Jackson films. Other than that, I don't know if they have they. Uh, I, I think we have very little information. I don't about think they this. even had the cast announcements. The no, I think they just have they have directors, um, and I think that's it. And like, like it's and like writers and things. And so we know it's coming, but I don't think we know when. Yeah, it's just like a thing that was like, oh, here's like a, uh, here's like a little a little a little tidbit for uh, for you Lord of the Rings fans. That this uh, is this supposed to be another trilogy? No, it's just a single, it's, yeah, it's just think, a single movie. And they'll make a bajillion more if it does well. Right, like 
Like we need, uh, are we doing Lord of the Rings deep dive? Have yes. we talked about it? Uh, we're, uh, we are going to do Lord of the Rings later this year. I think after I think Halloween. after all the... After Halloween. I thought we were doing holiday movies after Halloween. No, we're doing Lord of the Rings because we needed a buffer between Halloween and uh, Thanksgiving. And the Lord uh, of the Rings fits that buffer. Did I even write that down? I, I just have Star Wars Shrek and Saw. So I didn't write yeah, so then after that. Saw, okay. we're doing Lord of the Rings. And then uh, after Lord of the Rings, then we're doing holiday movies. Got it, okay. Kerr! So you're welcome behind uh, for that behind the scenes moment. Yeah, uh, like we uh, like I said, we plan the fuck out of this. And sometimes plans change. Yeah, and sometimes uh, sometimes Marvel decides <laughs> to give us a gift early, and Joanna doesn't account for that. And though we appreciate Daddy Feige. Like, yes, thank you, Daddy Feige. Uh, but and you done fucked up our schedule. <laughs> you fucked up our schedule, but thank you. <laughs> More sneak peek into some uh, movies coming down the pipeline. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion has uh, released some uh, images from uh, for the next uh, sequel, um, and it features feathered dinosaurs. As they should. Because they're now. It takes them how many years since the original Jurassic Park to actually get it scientifically? A little bit more. So long, but you know what? I'm here for it. It looks cool. The like, the the one image that we get. And it, it, from what I from what I've read, it's uh, we're getting more and more, uh, like they're 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 striving to be to be more scientifically accurate as these movie as the more recent Jurassic World movies are kind of going down the pipeline. Um, but, you know, Chris Pratt is coming back as, um, whatever his name was, Owen was his name? What's, what's the guy's name? I don't remember. I, like, he I... did the clicky with the raptors. We, we watched these films over quarantine, towards the beginning of quarantine. We rewatched. we, well, you guys rewatched all of them. I had never seen the new, uh, Jurassic Park ones until we sat down and watched them mm-hmm. in the living room. Um... And to this day, Shane cannot watch the, um, the the most recent one. The most recent one, the f- at least the first half, because it's like a giant pita. It's basically a giant pita. PSA. PSA on like where, they, where they're just like murdering dinosaurs. Like I like and it's as really as, like, sad. <laughs> like I had been warned about it. Still watching it, I was like, Why? yeah. The poor, oh, absolutely. The, but, but, the poor Brachiosaurus. Come on, there's one left. Yeah. Uh, but what's hurt. exciting is that. We are expected to see the return of Samuel Lardern and Jeff Goldblum reprising all of their respective characters. Yeah, and that makes me happy because we've seen them reprise their characters in moments, in moments, but not all three together. Not the holy trifecta. <laughs> all the kids. I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be wonderful. Um, I'm excited for it. Even um, if they're just like cameo roles, and we just like see them walk by, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Yes. And now we just need a cameo from Mr. DNA. <laughs> oh yes, Mr. DNA. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, and so the thing I am most excited for, and the only thing that we actually got a real trailer for, um, tick tick boom. For real though. For real though is a so tick tick boom is a musical. Written by Jonathan Larson, who uh, famously did Rent. Of Rent fame. Of Rent fame, who also famously died opening night of Rent. <laughs> Correct. Um, and so, uh, 
A Tick, Tick, Boom is the story of a aspiring composer who lives in New York in 1990, um, who is worried that he made the wrong career choice to be part of the performing arts. And so it is autobiographical um, uh, of Jonathan Larson's career um, because he had been trying to establish himself since the early 80s and didn't hit fame until way later. For sure. Um, and so we have a, uh, trailer. The trailer looks great. Um, and it's going to be starring Andrew Garfield. For reals. So, um. Singing and dancing, hopefully. Yes. Um, he, I mean, he start, he's singing at the opening, at the beginning of the trailer. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I forget that Andrew Garfield is actually, like, skilled in the arts. <laughs> Until he, like, does stuff and you're like, oh, yeah. You're I forget they're not Tom Holland. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, you're like really talented. She's like, you're fucking Billy Elliot. What the fuck? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is little... that a Vanessa Hudgens I saw? Yes, there's a Vanessa okay. Hudgens in there. Um, it's I think it's gonna be great. It's gonna come this fall. I don't think we have a set date for it yet. It just said fall. Um, and it's gonna be released on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lin Manuel uh, Miranda is, is directing. directing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so music, lyrics, and books were all by Jonathan Larson. That's exciting. Um, and so I'm, yeah, no, I'm really excited for this. I think that it's going to be a, uh, I, I think that we're, we're writing that musical movie train again. And, um, I'm on board about to push the conductor out so I can help lead the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if, if, if In the Heights... If, the, if In the Heights is any indication on, like, the quality of movie musicals... God, that movie was so fucking pretty. It was, like, just... It, I mean, John Chu already is, like, an amazing director. I mean, Crazy Rich Asians was a beautiful film. Beautiful, beautiful movie. Like, just from a cinematography standpoint, so I knew it was going to be pretty, but, like, I wasn't ready for it to be that pretty. I saw it in theaters and, like, mm-hmm. openly wept. Oh, yeah. Just, it was so pretty. It was so well done. So well done. Uh, I know that like there's a, been some criticism hurled at it for not representing uh, queer Latinx uh, as of um, prominently. But that, uh, that but, also wasn't the point of that story. And you know, I mean, yay! We should always kind of strive for you know representation. Um, so I mean, it's you can whenever we can open our eyes into like. Have that be a little bit more of a, a of a more conscious effort. That's all good. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't. I, I'm just saying. I'm not particularly mad. Uh, did you catch uh, our uh, our Latina queen Valentina? I did catch Valentina. It's her, Valentina. It's me, Valentina. And she even had she even had a speaking role. Oh yeah. She got to speak because as soon as I saw her, I saw those eyebrows and I was like, oh, hey, girl. Oh, hey, girl. What you doing? Um, also, what I caught at the end, which I don't think you would have caught because you don't know, um, Javier Munoz, who was Lynn's understudy for Usnavi on Broadway mm-hmm. and who was his understudy for Hamilton on Broadway, who I saw perform Hamilton on Broadway, was in a shot like hanging out with some, I think, other people who were in the movie or who are uh, like in the stage production, they were like chilling at the end when they were doing like the big dance number at the end. I was like, that's um, Javi! That's Javi! I love Javi! <laughs> mm. Looking all handsome and cute. Um, and then also, I don't know, did you did you stick around and watch the post credit scene? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know you didn't the first time because Shane told me he didn't watch it. <laughs> no, we didn't watch it because it was A, 3 in the morning, and he was like, I gotta get to work. 
Well, and then also he he's usually too impatient to sit around for a post credit scene. I was like, I literally sat in the theater. I was like, Marvel has me trained well. <laughs> <laughs> I will sit here and like and I mean even just like because I was gonna listen to the the music anyway because it was nice. And then all of a sudden there's a scene. I was like, Ah, oh, hey, Lynn. This Parago guy and Mr. Softy, who is Christopher Jackson, whom I love also. I believe did I was he uh, George Washington when I was, when I saw um, Hamilton in San Francisco. No, he was he was George Washington on Broadway, boo boo. Okay. <laughs> I saw him as George Washington on Broadway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, he he's uh, he's moved past his touring days unless they give him lots of money. I'm sure. Hmm. Um. Like Lynn didn't tour. Lynn did a did a sh- sh- uh, performed for a few weeks in Puerto Rico, back went back into the Hamilton mm-hmm. wig, and uh, his newsboy hat. <laughs> yeah, but and then like when he did Hamilton in Puerto Rico, and then the show went on tour, and he didn't. Ah. <laughs> so no, you did not see see Chris Jackson. You probably saw a great George Washington. No, that's what I was gonna say because he was whoever it was it was fantastic. Yeah, you you probably saw a great George Washington, but it was not Christopher Jackson. Cool. Cha. Um, but yeah, tick tick boom. I'm excited. Also, um. I just threw it on here. Um, Drag Race Live is returning to Vegas on August 5th. How exciting. Can we go to Vegas? <laughs> we gotta go to Disney World or Disneyland and then we gotta go to Vegas. I mean, we You can, guys need to help us out. Right? Like, help us, uh, like, help us help you. So, like... We get, we'll give you the content. You just need to get us to the places. <laughs> and give, a, give us all of the listens and tell your friends and everybody so we can go to Vegas so we can see drag queens and have something else during the Drag Race Friday to talk about besides <laughs> the 15 shows that are happening. <laughs> um, because it looked like all the the entire regu- uh, like original cast is coming back for it. Nice. So, um, which is exciting uh, because I think they're all fierce and wonderful. And... Um, yeah, uh, there is no news on the VH1 show, the RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review reality show. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm like, I'm glad I got the content that I got, but I don't, I don't need more of it. Yeah. I don't need moss. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, if they throw it at me, I'll watch it. Otherwise I like, I don't need it. Um, But yeah, I want to go see the show because it looks fun. For sure. Well, you got you got jobs to do, listeners. <laughs> All of the things. Got to get us. Got to get us super famous so we can get comp tickets to things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll even pay for the tickets. I just want like, <laughs> you know, just just hope it's earned money so we can use it as a write off. <laughs> we can use our own funding for as opposed sure. to my funding because my funding's not that much. <laughs> Bully that. Bully that. that. But um, I think that's it. Yes. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us uh, an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at nobodyaskedouropinion. And you can listen to us on YouTube if you so choose at Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. Uh, follow Joanna at Joey Snow 2006. And you can follow me at pianoman underscore zero five. Please follow our unpaid intern, Natalia, at The Third Cruel Creative. Because I fucked that one up last time. 
<laughs> I believe in you. And our uh, and definitely follow our producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us, leave a review, talk to your neighbors, let them know about our podcast. Get us, help us beat the algorithm and get us famous. Get so us can, famous. So we can meet Kelly Clarkson. Yes. <laughs> um, join us Wednesdays for our uh, regular uh, po- popular co- pop culture podcast. And join us on Fridays when we do movie deep dives. We oh, Christmas calls coming up, guys. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, we watched it so you don't have to. Yeah, we slog through it. Listen. <laughs> Listen to what we thought. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.